I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ruler Long Reads, the finest long-form cycling features and stories from Ruler magazine. Brought to you by Lacquer, bicycle insurance powered by the community. So my name is Oren Peleg and I'm an investor in Lacquer. Three things that really caught my eye. The first one is, is they're looking to change the insurance industry, which is a very large industry and I think needs change. The second thing is, is I'm deeply passionate about getting people onto wheel. We need to address our congestion and pollution crisis and I believe that two wheels have a massive role to play in that. And the third thing is, I can see a growing trend around companies building on the strong communities that they have. And I think Lacquer's business model and the way they tap into the community of cyclists is something that's very much on trend at the moment. The V Word by Orla Shenwi from Ruler Issue 101. Read by Emma Wright. The V Word. Vagina. Does reading that word make you flinch, or provoke even slight discomfort? Try saying it aloud. We don't really, do we? Even in 2021, the V word is almost taboo. Whilst we speak freely of the male genitalia, the most powerful part of a woman's body seems to be the most shameful or embarrassing. It's the unspoken, the unseen. If it is seen, more often than not, it is sexualised. Perhaps it should not be surprising that if this part of the anatomy is barely mentioned, discussion around female perineal discomfort or, whisper it, disfiguration, is even rarer. Transpose this into the world of cycling, where most of the team staff are men, and you have a hidden, ticking time bomb. It has always been super, super hard to talk about it, because you're always in a team where you have men sitting you on a bike, and I felt really uncomfortable with that, explains Lisa a top professional rider who had labial surgery last year after a decade of suffering. It made me emotional, and still does, because it's something that I don't want to talk about with these guys. It's very private, so you're not just going to throw it out there. Lisa, which is not her real name, first noticed a problem some ten years ago. My left labia was much bigger than the right one. I can't really remember it ever being good. I always had these problems. I could sit on my saddle, so it was not painful or bothering me from riding so much, but it was very uneven. My pedalling wasn't straight because one side was higher than the other. As seems to be common with sufferers of labial discomfort, she tried to ignore it. I don't like to go to the doctor to ask what I can do, or the idea of someone cutting my vagina, 
And also, you're out for a while, so you really need to plan it at the end of the season. So it got worse and worse and worse. It got really, really big in the end, to the point that I would only sit on one side. After leaving the problem untreated for ten years and, worse still, consistently aggravating it with her day job, when Lisa sought medical advice in 2019, surgery had become her best option. But there were complications. I think I was kind of an exception, because I waited so long for surgery. Normally it takes one hour or so, and it took three. My boyfriend was super worried, and then the doctor said it didn't really go as planned, so I had to stay another night. That was pretty horrible, because I had so much pain, and it became really swollen. My boyfriend did everything. He changed my whole bed when there was blood everywhere. It was a nightmare. I went home, and during the next two days the swelling got worse. It got the size of a tennis ball. I was terrified. I was like, I don't know if this is ever going to get back to normal. It's an area that I think normally heals fast, but this was such a wound that it took very long. I had to have all these lymph massages to get away the fluid from the surgery. I was also feeling super awkward about going to this physio. I wanted to have an older lady because it's not really nice when someone is massaging your vagina. Well, it can be, but not in this case. In the end, I just had to have patience. And now it's really back to normal, whatever is normal. You don't see anything weird now. I'm very pleased with it, and I really wouldn't have thought that in the first week. That was a very terrifying week. Vera Kurduda has also suffered chronic labial pain and swelling for most of her cycling career. A former Dutch and junior world track champion, Vera rode professionally on the road until 2017. She retired partly because of the agony caused by her labial growth and subsequent surgery scarring. Like Lisa, Vera hid the extent of her problem for many years, but mainly for professional reasons. I already had injuries down there when I was 15 or 16. As a first-year junior, I was national time trial champion, but I did not get the selection for the world championships, mostly because of the national coach. She was angry, because after seeing my injury, the national team doctor told that I was not able to ride for the next couple of weeks for more than one and a half hours at a time. The coach got upset because I couldn't do the long rides on training camp, and I didn't get picked. I didn't dare talk much about it in the years that followed, because I thought I'd get punished if I would need a week's rest. The problem only became worse. The right side was ten times bigger than the left, and I always had pain on the bike. After a rest period, the swelling was maybe the size of a mandarin, but a long one. After a race, it could be like a grapefruit, a banana or something. She did have it operated on as part of a separate surgery on her femoral artery in 2005, but the growth had become so large that the body had made its own nerves, and it couldn't be entirely removed. If they cut the whole thing off, I would lose a lot of veins and nerves. When they stitched what they had cut, the scar was also really big and long, and still gives friction nowadays. Statistics on labial surgery amongst cyclists are difficult to come by, but the gynaecological experts and sports medicine specialists contacted for this article each reported an increase in women presenting in recent years. This tallies with wider society. The American Society of Plastic Surgeons reported a 9% increase in labiaplasty last year. The evidence from cycling overwhelmingly suggests that surgery in the sport is not primarily for cosmetic reasons. Luke Byens, a Belgian gynaecologist and world leader on bicyclist vulva, currently sees three to four patients a month with labial lesions or swelling. It used to be a single patient every two months. He believes the increase is largely because of better awareness, but says embarrassment is still a big issue. It is still taboo. Very slowly we do hear more about it. 
Female cyclists do talk about it a little more amongst themselves. Sports doctors have started to speak about it, but it is still hidden. Baez wrote a medical paper on bicyclist vulva, published in the British Medical Journal in 2002. The term refers to a swelling of one of the outer labia and is most commonly caused by too much pressure on the saddle and too long spent in the forward aggressive riding position. It is a condition thought to be found in one in five competitive female cyclists, but is also seen in equestrian sports. Despite its prevalence, there is an historical ignorance, even within the medical profession. The first studies on the perineum of male cyclists dates from 1897, Bayern says. The first I found for female cyclists is 1993. That's a huge difference. The traditional lack of medical literature is compounded by popular media reporting that often focuses on the sensational or the sexual. Headlines such as Cycling is ruining your vagina and hurting your sex life or Cycling could be making your lady bits bigger and your sex life worse offer much in terms of scaremongering and little in terms of reference points for anyone requiring medical attention. Shame and widespread ignorance is a potent combination. Sufferers often leave treatment so late that the problem becomes acute and don't always encounter informed expertise. Bayens tells of a former professional rider who had previously seen a gynaecologist about her enlarged labia. The doctor had asked whether she had previously been a man, so unaccustomed was he to such swelling. His only frame of reference was testicles. Hannah Dines is a leading British paracyclist who has spoken openly about her experience of labial surgery. She too found a disturbing ignorance of the nature and severity of the problem. After telling the team physio, who no longer works at British Cycling, I've really got a problem, my right side is huge, the response was, all female cyclists get that. There was no physical examination. Hannah persisted, partly because the swelling was becoming so serious. I went on this really potholy ride in Scotland in 2018, and then I was like, wow, the right side of my labia is huge, it's basically a ball now. I was scared. I sent round-robin emails to my teammates once a year, saying this is a big thing. By the time Hannah did receive a physical consult, it was with the plastic surgeon acquaintance of her mother. He looked at it and said, this is not normal. That scared the shit out of me. He said it was likely to be cancer, that he'd seen a lot of labial cancer in people as young as myself. I was so cross, because at every point I'd been really quite vocal about it. I was like, why is this a thing? I've got this massive lump. Why hasn't anyone said this could be cancer way back? Happily, it wasn't cancerous, and Hannah had the lump removed after five years of pain and chronic swelling. A lot of it was internal, and when it was taken out, I actually asked how big it was, and he said it was the size of a grapefruit. It didn't present like that on the surface. It was much less than that, but it was like three walnuts together. I've had a lot of surgery in my life for cerebral palsy, and it's not something that I jump into. You've got to think about it thoroughly. It's not always the answer. You can get a haematoma from the wound, so you can basically swell up with blood, and you can have sexual dysfunction if it cuts a nerve or something. I had none of that, and I was out of the hospital in a day. I thought it was going to be so much worse, because I've had huge surgeries before, but this was just brilliant. Now, I wouldn't say I have the best vulva in the world, but you can't see I've had surgery on it, and I'm cycling on it still. Education is needed all the way through the sport, from the top down. I don't think teams are aware of the extent of the problem, says Lisa. It affects your whole life, because you go training daily for hours and hours, and you think in the morning, oh no, I've got to get on my saddle again. 
Many professional teams still insist on using the saddles of team sponsors, even if they're compounding the problem. In one team, at one point, I said, if I have to ride this, I'm just not going to do a stage race anymore. Don't put me on the start list because it's not possible, says Lisa. Also in that team, other girls had issues with saddle sores and the doctor just gave them antibiotics and you keep riding with your saddle. I'm like, I think there are different ways to solve this problem. It's little wonder there is still a lot of work to be done on the cycling shop floor too. Jasmine Muller, a former British and world ultra-distance champion who's had two labial surgeries, believes more education is needed in bike shops. Staff are still uncomfortable talking to women about saddles. Then there's a lot of, here's our women's saddle. They have one that works for some other women, therefore they think it should work for you. Whether it's more female staff or education from the male staff, I would love to see that. In the same way a personal trainer can do courses and learn to be comfortable talking about all issues with men and women, it would be great if we had a similar approach to education with male bike shop staff. Hannah Dines also feels that a more fundamental shift in the industry's view of female cyclists is inevitable. I think since the 2019 woke boom, people have realised you don't just paint it pink and slap this is for girls on it. You can actually make a very lucrative business out of specialised products for certain issues. Hopefully, we'll have a wave of women, noisy, loud women, who can stand up and say, no, this is a problem because it's causing me real damage. It just takes loads of us at once. And I think that's happened and is happening. Hopefully, the industry will have to change. Dispelling the taboo and shame around discussion of the vagina can only help a more open conversation. For that, we should consider the framework of popular discourse. We speak easily of testicles, mostly to imbue them with some kind of superpower. We're told we need to grow a pair if we're not displaying significant fortitude. Someone is congratulated as being ballsy if they have demonstrated particular courage. In contrast, we dismiss someone as being a fanny if they're seen to be frivolous, weak or unimportant. One is capable of withstanding the trauma of pushing a fully formed human into the world, stretching up to three times its size to do so. The other cannot tolerate the application of even moderate force. If there was one part of the anatomy to be associated with strength, resilience and power, it is the vagina. Language matters. It reflects and helps to shape the thinking of both the individual and the collective. Perhaps if we were less embarrassed by vaginas, we could facilitate a more frank discussion when there are problems. It seems ludicrous that we should even need to say this, but it's time to stop being so embarrassed about an essential part of the female body. The vagina is nothing to be ashamed of. Balls to anyone who says otherwise. You've been listening to The V Word by Orla Shenwi from Ruler Issue 101. The reader was Emma Wright. Now then. Here's an infomercial message for the discerning folk of Rulerland. For the finest long-form cycling journalism and exquisite photography and design, why don't you simply subscribe to Ruler magazine? It costs as little as £7 per month. Regular columnists include Orla Shenwi, Roma Badet and me, Ned Bolting, accompanied by features from the best writers and photographers in the business. Simply go to ruler.cc. You know it makes sense. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 